0: Oh, man, (laughs) what's going on? This is the um, Rico Sheen Podcast, and uh, yeah, I've been all over the place. I've been going through a lot of things, both physically, mentally, financially, emotionally, And I think I finally got myself centered. I think I finally got everything on the same frequency. So, again, this is the Rico Shin Podcast. I am your host, Rico Shin. And this podcast is for the amateur NBA draft analysts. Now, I am an armchair GM at heart. I have always loved the draft process of the NBA. I have always loved finding the diamonds in the rough, the the, the, the NBA bust, the ones that, that grew into being superstars and everything. I have always loved it, ever since I started watching the NBA draft. Um, so, excuse me. So, anyway, today, I want to talk about what i seen on Bleach Report today. There are 2022 NBA mock draft and who will teams tank for this year? So, at the top of the list is two players. i seen both of them in person when they came to Memphis for the Allen Averson Classic. Well, I know i seen one of them. I can't remember was Chet playing or not. But I know i seen Paolo, Paolo Benchero. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. And Chet Holmgren. These are the top two players in the 2022 NBA Draft. And I'm not going to make this a long podcast today. It's my comeback to podcasting. I had to sit down with my wife and discuss that part of my life is what do I really want to talk about? So anyway. Chet Holmgren and Payalo Banchero. Now Chet Holmgren is going to Gonzaga, and Payalo is going to Duke. And I've seen both of their highlights through high school. I've watched them a couple of times on ESPN. So and they're pretty good. Now, the pros of drafting Chet Holmgren to me is this right here. He's a seven-footer that can score at all three levels. He can work in the post. His mid-range is good. His perimeter shot is good. He can make his free throws. And he's a shot blocker. Now, I've seen this a couple of times on ESPN. He's pretty good. I chanted his name a couple of times, me and my son, Love his game. The only downside of that is he's frail. I think 195 pounds. So you're looking at a, to me, is a similar version to Kevin Durant with shot blocking ability. you're looking at another version of Kevin Durant that has shot blocking ability. Now, we all know how Kevin Durant panned out over his career. MVP, two-time champ, one of the best scores in the game. Very efficient. And I'm going out on a limb and saying that is what Chet Holmgren is projected to be a Kevin Durant type player with his game, which is a can't lose situation. But Payalo Banchero is a beast. 16, 250. Very athletic. Very athletic, both in the half court and the full court. Very athletic, able to score in many different ways. The only knock is how is Coach K gone fit him into what he want to do at Duke. Now, Coach K has plenty of players in the NBA. And the last one to come out to actually be a solidified star is Jason Tatum. So if Payalo can reach Jason Tatum level... He will be all right. Now, the question is, who do you want at number one? Oklahoma City or Orlando? Now, Bleach Report had Oklahoma City getting the number one pick for they rebuild. And trust me, they rebuild. You got all those picks from the Clippers for Paul George. You got picks for Westbrook. You got a lot of picks. They're scouting players that's in the fourth grade right now. <laughs> so they have a lot of picks. The question I have is... Oklahoma City. Do you really think Chet Holmgren is the second coming of Kevin Durant or not? Do you really believe Chet Holmgren is the second coming of Kevin Durant? I mean, he fit the frame. He fit the, the scoring ability and everything. And, and like I said, he's a shot blocker. Something that Kevin Durant has learned to do past couple of years to be a better defender. But are you going to rest all your hopes on Chet Holmgren? Or are you going to take a chance on somebody that's bigger, more athletic, that's able to score two? That's the question. Now, me, like I said, I'm an armchair GM. We could talk about the whole Kyrie situation, and I believe Brooklyn did a wonderful job of getting rid of we Well, not getting rid of them, but putting them on ice. If you can't be a full time participant, we don't want a part time participant. I believe Brooklyn did the right thing. Like I said before, when I talked to my people, getting the vaccine is a personal choice. And he made his choice. He don't want to get vaccinated that's on him. But playing for the Brooklyn Nets is not a NBA mandate. It's a New York City mandate. The city of the state of New York the city of New York said if you don't get vaccinated, at least get one shot you can't work. Period. He's chosen not to get vaccinated. He can't play in Brooklyn. And I said, there's no way I would deal with a part time player. That's like AAU. You can only play when we on the road. I and I couldn't deal with that. Then I lightened up and said, you know what? I'll gonna let him play. I'll gonna pay him the seventeen million a year for the rest of the year. I'm going to let him play. But at the end of the year, I'm not resigning him. I'm not giving him no contract extension. He's free to go wherever he want to go. I'm done with Kyrie. And, and not because of the vaccination. It's because of all the extra drama that Kyrie has brought to teams for the past couple of years. The whole Ben Simmons saga. I would have been traded Ben Simmons a long time ago. I would have got something in return for Ben Simmons a long time ago. Cause the truth of the matter is Daryl Moore wants to trade Ben Simmons regardless. Ben Simmons wants to get traded regardless. So if we have something in common. If I want to trade you and you want to be traded, why he's not gone? Why is he still on the roster? Now, what was said today is he had a meeting with Doc and Joel and the rest of the team and telling them he's not mentally ready to play. I'm cool with that. What was said at the end of the playoff series affected your mentality. I could believe it, But if we have something in common as to he wants to be gone and I want to get rid of him, why I ain't get rid of him by now? You know why? Because Daryl Morey figures Ben Simmons' value it's worth a Damian Lillard or a Bradley Beal. Well, the truth of the matter is Portland is not getting rid of Damian Lillard for Ben Simmons. Washington is not getting rid of Bradley Beal for Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons' value is where it is. You got teams like the Kings and the Spurs and the Pacers that are willing to give you nice role players in exchange for Ben Simmons. They are willing to give you nice role players in exchange for Ben Simmons. There's nothing wrong with gathering role players. If if you didn't hitch your wagon to Joel Embiid, which is one of the best players in the NBA, probably the best big man in the NBA right now, you got players around him that can help him out. Tobias Harris. Fringe All Star. He has been good his whole career. You got self-care. The 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 name by itself could tell you that he can shoot. Look at his daddy. Look at his big brother. He can shoot. You have young players in Tybo and and Maxi that can contribute. So what's wrong with sending him to Indiana for Karius Levert? Nothing. I take Karius Levert. Karius Levert was pretty good last time I seen him in Brooklyn. He was pretty good. Scoring machine. What, what's wrong with sending him to Sacramento for Buddy Hill? That's another scoring option. What's wrong with sending him to Portland for C.J. McConnell? Nothing. You're never going to get full value for Ben Simmons, even if you feel like Ben Simmons is superstar. Just look at the Anthony Davis trade to the Lakers. New Orleans got back Zoe, Marzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Josh Hart. Brandon Ingram became an all star. Brandon Ingram was never becoming an all star as long as he's with the Lakers. Lonzo became one of the, is one of the better point guards in the league. Just got a nice payday from the Bulls and assigned the signing trade. And I have high hopes for Chicago with him and DeRozan and Zach Levine. Josh Hart is reliable coming off the bench. Now, I don't know what happened in New Orleans to where they couldn't make this stuff work. I don't know what's going on with Zion and his weight. And his I know he wanna be out of New Orleans. But Brandon Ingram's and Lonzo they flourished when they left LA. Anthony Davis won a ring. I look at that as a win-win for both parties. Let's look at the Jane Harden trade from last year. Jane Harden went to Brooklyn. And if he was healthy, chances are Milwaukee would have lost their series. But he wasn't healthy. But he's in a good situation. He's playing alongside Kevin Durant. He's in a good situation. Jared Allen, I watched him play against the Grizzlies the other night. Looked very good. Shot blocker. Donking on folks whenever he get a chance to. That's a very good situation for Jared Allen. Spencer Dinwiddie, he's in Washington with Bradley Beal. He's going to score 20 points a game. Kevin LeVert in Indiana. He's going ball in Indiana. Sometimes a change of scenery is best for people regardless of what you get back in return. Houston, they can rebuild mode. And, yes, I would love to watch Houston play because of Jalen Green because of Josh Christopher, because of Kenyon Martin Jr. I can't think of the, the, the center they got, but he's pretty good. I want to see them grow. Are they going to be playoff contenders this year? Hell no. But I believe they're going to be exciting to watch. And I would love to see that. But you're never going to get equal value for a Superstar. And while Daryl Moore is sitting around holding Ben hostage, you got offers on the table for him. You might not get the superstar you, you want back, but you might get somebody that's going to help you win a championship. But like I said, I'm an armchair GM. I'm an armchair GM. Hold on for a minute. Let me text my wife. Anyway, what else can I talk about? Beside Ben Simmons and Kyrie. It ain't too much else to talk about right about now. That is what's taking over the waves right now. Oh, we could talk about Phoenix and not giving DeAndre and Aiden the max. Quit being cheap. You just gave Mikael Bridges four years, ninety million dollars, and you couldn't give DeAndre Aiden the number one pick, a Arizona boy, played his college in Arizona, went to high school in Arizona, and and playing for Phoenix, Arizona. And you mean tell me you couldn't give him a match deal? He said he wanted something like Trey Young and Luca. You said no. So are you willing to lose DeAndre Aiken to a competitor next year? Are you willing to lose DeAndre Aiden to to somebody in the West because you're being cheap? That's stupid. DeAndre Aiden is one of the young big men in the league. Now, against Giannis, yeah, he pumped him. Giannis put his ass on the on on, on the post to serve sides. He pumped him, but outside of Giannis. It ain't too many big men that, that's going to handle DeAndre Aiden. And you're too cheap to pay him because he asked for what he asked for. Somebody's going to come along and give him what he wants. And if you feel comfortable losing a player like DeAndre Aiden to a, 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 a rival, by all means, let him walk. But Chris Powell ain't got too many more years left as being a, a, a high-level point guard. And Booker going to need somebody to help him out when Chris Powell decides to leave. And you're playing with your future because you don't want to pay him. No, he's not the big man that's stretching the floor and shooting three pointers. Neither is Giannis. But Milwaukee wasn't finna let Giannis walk. We're going to build around Giannis. You could build around DeAndre Ayton. You don't want to. So if you lose him to a competitor, that's your fault. Zion. It's been talked about for about a year if not a year, a couple of a good couple of months. That he's not happy in New Orleans. Now, me personally, I don't care about your displeasure in um New Orleans. You ain't happy, you ain't happy. Okay. That's an emotional thing. You're not happy. But this is your third year. And out of three years, you to missed the season opener your first year due to injury. And you miss the season opener in your third year due to injury. And you have somewhat of a weight problem. Reports are saying you are somewhere north of 300, 3 bills. So you combine weight problems with injury problems, meaning your career not going to be as long as you really think it's going to be. Unless you can get your weight down. You are, at best, a 6'6 player. Best case scenario, 6'6. Six, six. Weighing 300 plus. You are a defensive tackle. You are a offensive tackle in the NFL. You are a lineman. lineman. That could jump forty some inches off the ground. I would love to have you playing on my line in the NFL. I'm a 49er fan. I would love to have you on either one, offensive line or defensive line. You're six six. Even if you ain't six six, you six five. You a defensive tackle. You built like a defensive tackle. You got feet of an offensive tackle. But I wouldn't put you at tight end. I don't give a fuck how high you could jump. I wouldn't put you at tight end. And that's the thing. We have a 6'6", 300-plus pound player that can jump at the gym but has all types of injuries. And health problems. That's not happy in this situation. Now, if they don't make the playoff this year, and this is the third year of the David Griffin experience, I'll get rid of David Griffin. Because for one, you traded, you got rid of Lonzo. Why? You could have kept him. Like I said, him and Brandon Ingram and and Zion was good together, but you got rid of your point guard. Why? Now you can't even make Zion happy. And this is a, when healthy, a 20 and 10 player. Box office. And you can't keep him happy. You came into New Orleans talking about you ain't want to have it to where it was in Cleveland with LeBron. But when you have a box office player at your disposal, you have to feed into the fans. You have to feed into this player or risk losing them. Because the fans are not coming to see you play, David Griffin. They're coming to see Zion. And they're coming to see the players around Zion. They're coming to see Zion. But I digress. If Zion can't get himself in shape, and he's already injury prone, I wouldn't even worry about it. And one last thing before I go. The 75-year anniversary list was 76 since it was a tie. And the biggest thing I heard today was the whole snub. Who got snubbed? And in my opinion, the biggest snub was Dwight Howard. I know a lot of people saying Kyrie got snubbed, Clay got snubbed, but Dwight Howard was the biggest snub out of all players. You know why? In his Orlando days, Dwight Howard was one of the best players walking around in the NBA. Defensive monster. MVP candidate for a good five to six years, led Orlando to a championship, to the finals, and you put players on there that, like, no disrespect to Dame, but Dwight could have took Dame's spot. That's just how I feel. Dwight could have took Dame's spot, and I would have felt more better. I like Dame as a player. I love Dame time. The truth of the matter is, Dwight Howard could have took Dame's spot on that list. Well, time for me to roll. Till next time.